Fight listeners. We're taking calls tonight. That's right, Sunday night stream fight. Number to dial is 614-655-3887. We're coming to you on the west side, the best side, the bottoms here in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, we might have a little bit of a soundtrack going on. Our neighbors are rocking the house a little bit. A little? Bumping some Anderson Pock. It's the loudest I've ever heard somebody personally listen to music in a public place. I could show you something. or I could show you a thing or two. Uh, now but, you know why we got that email about people being too loud? We thought it might have been us because we talked too loud. Uh, I think we found the culprit here. Don't be jealous. I don't care. I'm not mad about it. I don't think the listeners are acting like the purist. No, it, it honestly though is that we just sat here the whole time and like right before we started to record, like music just blasted. Music just started, 150 decibels of music started blasting next door. As loud as possible. There's never been louder music in my vicinity. Street by Life, live out loud. You should. You should live out loud. Uh, we just did a little over two hours of radio. So, uh, uh, you know, we've been talking our heads off. Uh, Brett sent me some some a really disturbing thing. Yeah, that's, we can't post that or talk about for another that. day. That's for yeah, that's for uh, that's a more for private consumption. Um, uh, yeah, um, we did the Q and A, uh, which is always fun. Thank you to everybody that wrote in and asked us questions because uh, I love talking about myself and I love uh, sharing information. You know, it was perfect. Yeah. We're built for your Q&A. Q&A is easy to do. Q&A is easier to do than the call-in show. I'll tell you that right now. 21st century. Oh, now it's Bruno Mars. It's Bruno Mars. Anderson yeah. Pock. I can't pay attention now. Anderson Pock kind of hip. Bruno Mars. Well, Anderson. No, Pock, they work together. I tried to get into that. Yeah. The Soul Force. Yeah. I tried to get into that, but Bruno Mars, I can't do with it. Too corny. He's too uh, Taylor Swift. He's like okay. that axis of music. Yeah. But I do like that song that sounds like Motown Philly. Yeah. I like anything that sounds. The skate like song Motown is good. Philly. Yeah. I saw Anderson Pock live. Incredible drummer. Amazing fucking percussionist. Like on another fucking level. Unbelievable. Um, but I don't like his attitude, and he does some like colorism type shit in some of his songs. Like on, uh, I think it's Ari Lennox or Jasmine Sullivan, one of them. I just don't like his his shit, his steez. Yeah. But everybody that's listening to Street Fight now, you know, you get a little taste of it. Yeah, you're listening. I, we'll probably get pulled off. It's so now they're yelling too. This is incredible. Our office is is like party. if you want party talk, central. If you I, we might have to after the show's over go hang out with our neighbors. Street Fight Live coming from coming to you from MTV Spring Break. It's that's what it sounds like. We got it's the totally weasel it. with us right now. Uh, Colin Quinn's gonna do a live version of uh, Remote Control. That's Ken Ober, by the way. He was the host of Remote Control. Wasn't Colin Quinn? Colin Quinn was the guy that hung out in the basement with him. So Remote Control happened in Ken Ober's basement. Oh. Okay. That was the conceit of Remote Control. Gotcha. And then Colin Quinn was like his cousin who hung out at the bar in the basement. And it was that kind of okay. setup. Yeah. I went to two concerts this week. Really? What did you see? Friday night, I went to go see Biba Doobie. Biba Doobie? Yes. Is that 
Like jazz? It sounds like it. It does sound like it. Uh, apparently, it's the name of someone's like Finstagram. Diba Doobie. Very Filipino good. Filipino British singer songwriter. Right. Okay. I mean, basically, like all like uh, Olivia Rodrigo is like a Kurt Cobain, and that she is riding in on the wave of like a bunch of other like women singer songwriters. You know? Oh yeah, that make this good is music. big. Biba Doobie was really good live. Um, very low effort, which I love. Like I see a lot of stuff that has like theatrics and over the top stuff. But like when someone's just wearing like a t-shirt and jeans and has compelling music and lyrics and all that, you know? Lucy Dacus was the same way. It's just like, fuck, it looks like you don't care at all. It looks like you just rolled out of bed, but you didn't. Like you are, you've perfected all of this. You probably spend an incredible amount of time making it look this effortless, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You care so much. I do. I mean, yeah. People could think I'm a scrub no, or whatever, but yeah, I I put too much into. Rachel it. said, uh, "Biba Doobie." She was like, "Man, the uh, Battle of the Bands is really good this year," which I thought was apt because it looked like a high school Battle of the Bands, but the music was like incredible, mind blowing, way good. But you would never know that it was looked like. Yeah, it was fun. It was a really good show. Um, highly recommended. I hope I want to see. I hope she gets bigger and better. I, I want to see her get uh, more fame so that I can say I saw her early on. You know, um, last night I went to go see death metal show. I got hit in the eye again. I f I'm very bad at protecting my. I lead with my right eye is what I'm finding because it's injured again. I thought I was like, is why is it taking so long? Me and Brett. I should have asked them. Brett stood and kindly talked to me about my ailments for like 25 minutes earlier today so i should have asked about your eye but all i was thinking was like you slow eye healing ass motherfucker i thought i thought it was slow heal is what you were having no i uh, got re-injured in the eye last night um it was vomit forth frozen soul sanguisugabog Amazing show. Sanguisuga Bob. I actually saw that today. They're Columbus, Ohio. They're from here. I was walking. I walked by the venue. Yeah. Um, today, as I was heading out to you, uh, heading out to the cookie party we just spent today. Yeah. At, I don't know if everybody knows what a cookie party is because uh, a lot of people that listen to Street Fight uh, maybe don't even have like a family or children. Well, if you have children, you have to make a bunch of cookies and go sit at a house and yeah. eat said cookies. Yeah, everybody decorates a gingerbread man and woman, <laughs> gingerbread folk. I didn't do one. They're, I walked ooh, in. They're and playing they said, Ro James Permission right now, which is kind of a low key hit. I don't know if everybody knows it, but it's a fucking great song. Permission by Ro James. Permission by Road James. Road James, yeah. Ro, R O, yeah. Road James. That has it says a high amount of fuckability. Brett's been setting me up with music because I I've decided to take it seriously again this year. You want to have an impressive Spotify rap to screenshot? Well, that's the thing with me is like every I I think I'm like an every other year guy. Like so, some years I'll be like. Some years I'll be like, okay, well, I'm not gonna, um, some years I, I decide I'm not gonna go out of my way. I'd rather just listen to fucking like what I'm into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, why not? Why can't I listen to the stuff that makes me the most happy? Why can't I listen to the same albums I did when I was driving around at 17? And then you get your Spotify wrapped and it says, bro, you 
all you did was listen to the same shit you listened to when you were in 10th grade this year. So I moved over and now I'm, uh, I said this on the show earlier, but you know, you people deserve it. You deserve to hear it now for the news. Um, but every other year. So this year I'm going heavy in. Um, I also think this might be garbage time too for Spotify wrapped in that like, does this period of time count on next year's Spotify wrapped? Oh, I mean, December 1st. Is that the new start day? Is it January 1st is when it starts doing the rap? Are we gonna, in garbage time? I'm not going to listen to any cool shit unless it's getting tracked. Okay? I, that's how I felt about I'm not it gonna the other start. day. I'm not going to eat my vegetables unless it's going into my calorie counter. Wow, that was fucking really loud. Wow. I just can't believe how loud the music is. I love it. I cannot believe it. I'm jealous. That's all it is. I'd rather be there than here. Of course, I'm working, but you know. Uh, we know there's a good party next door we can crash. I have like one beer. I'm going to walk in with one beer and just wave it above my head. And they'll assume that I brought a bunch more, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, I brought the beers. One for me, really. I'm going to smoke all your weed too. Sorry. <laughs> but my list is looking cooler now. It's like I was listening to this one album called Inner City Beat. Ooh. That was like uh uh basically it's it's Soul Jazz Records presents inner city beat, detective themes, spy music, and imaginary thrillers. So okay. it's fake detective themes and spy music. Right. Right? That's kind of fucking cool. Sure. This is like, you know, for a cop show. That didn't sound like, that didn't even have cop show vibes at all. I mean, <laughs> Gunfighter Ballads by Marty Robbins is one of my favorite albums ever. And he never was in his life in a gunfight. Katie fucking was, I was, I was laying there watching TV yesterday with my torn up back. That's right. My back's fucked up. When I'm laying there watching TV, I haven't changed my lifestyle even a little bit other than quitting smoking. Oh, your lifestyle is your death style. Do you know that? That's true. I heard that from Metallica. But what I'm saying is like my back is fucked up. I technically should change my lifestyle, but all I did was quit smoking and start eating a lot more since I decided to quit smoking. Okay. Um, that's yeah, That's a fine trade-off. Trying to figure that out. I'm that's trying to figure less. Out to eat. No, that's fine. Yeah, well, I don't want to eat that much. Uh, so anyway, I'm laying there and I hear, she thinks I still care. And I think I'm going right back to George Jones very soon, man. Yeah. Just that fucking That's guy one of the rules. greatest songs ever, dude. Yep. <laughs> just the folly. He's like, just because I like accidentally called you on the phone and just because I'm like talking about you all the time, like now everybody thinks I still care about you. It is... <laughs> <laughs> I Conway and George Jones are my guys forever because they are so self-aware of how much they are the, the cause of all of their own problems. Yeah. Yeah. Duh, uh, George yeah. Jones has some of the best sad songs I've ever heard. Yeah. And you know, I fucking love sad songs. If the best kinds of songs are the sad ones. I don't like like songs that aren't sad a lot of times. Not Sometimes ones I like outwardly party. Yeah. Not outwardly sad, though. Not yeah. like I'm feeling really sad, but just describing things that are, like, pathetic and that are sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I like um, Daniel Romano a yeah. lot. Uh, he has an album called Come Cry With Me that is just 
a masterpiece of a guy crying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he cries about everything. I love crying guys. Yeah. But Conway for me is also more horny than George Jones. And he is like the perfect 50-50 balance of horny and crying that totally exemplifies my lifestyle. <laughs> horny and cry. I didn't know yeah. Conway Twitty did horny songs. Oh my God. Are you serious? I don't know if I've heard a lot of Conway Twitty. Oh, he all of his songs, like his best, one of his best songs is I'd Love to Lay You Down. And uh, my favorite part of this is it cracks me up because he says, lay you down and softly whisper uh, pretty love things in your ears. Like he doesn't say what it is. He isn't going to say I'm going to tell you. He just, I'm going to say pretty love things. And I'm going to tell you all the things a woman likes to hear. Like it doesn't matter the content of it. I'm not going to say it out loud, but that's what's coming. You know, he's also saying he's also saying that like I'm just fucking saying shit. Right, exactly. Sex, I'm spilling. Like, yeah, just let me in. I'm about to tell you all kinds of crazy shit. Like, just let me do it. I was speaking to a woman recently, yeah. and she told me what women like to hear. Right, and uh, I'm going to say all those things to you, and it's going to be great for you. Yeah, he said. He says, "I'll let you know how much it means just having you around." <laughs> That's such a fucking. You can't say that out loud, man. You got to play that to the chest. He's he's given game. He's basically given game on this one. He he is Conway Twitty. He what did he do? He did maybe no. I'm thinking of Johnny Paycheck. I've heard a lot of Conway Twitty. You have to have. He's a legend in the game. I'm getting a portrait tattoo of his face. Conway Twitty. I'm gonna. Now I got to look at his face. I don't have it in my head. I like yes. George Jones when he got old. His hair was yeah, he had fucking that fly, dude. Oh, Conway <laughs> Twitty has fly hair. Too. You know what my song is for George Jones? I listen to this all the time. Every time I'm getting mad, I don't need your rocking chair. I don't need your rocking chair. Yeah. I like that one. Whenever yeah. I feel old or like I'm not supposed to be doing shit, I'm just like, fuck that. I'm not old. Your Geritol or your Medicare. <laughs> he doesn't even want Medicare, and that no. shit's free. He doesn't want any fucking help. He's 60 years old, <laughs> decrepit as fuck, and he's like, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks like shit, oh, probably, yeah. you know? Drank himself to, yeah. Oblivion. Yeah, him and George Jones are both a couple of guys. Like, no, George, George Jones is, yeah. George Jones' hair was, like, the craziest hair I've ever seen in my life. The 80s country rocked, man. Yeah, those guys knew what they were doing. Reagan era country. With that fucking hair, and and they probably all voted for Reagan three times each, you know? Uh, But, god damn it, the guys could put together a goddamn song, man. They they literally would be outlaw country and then throw on a turquoise jacket and hold a keytar and just make the next goddamn hit. I know. They didn't give a fuck. They wanted I to make money and they wanted to be at the top of the charts. They were not concerned about what the style, like what, what used to be cool. Yeah. I was, I, in Johnny Cash's book, he talks about that. Like how like dude was just like, well, I was writing all these fucking songs and, and it wasn't selling the way I wanted to. So then I wrote like country chicken, I think is the name of the song. And then had a guy dressed like a chicken running around in the video and, uh, it didn't do that well, but, uh, you know, I tried, you know, what is that? that country chicken or something like they didn't even care that's what i liked about disco too now in retrospect um like disco was really music just about like y'all like this we'll just do it then you know that's fine with me no it wasn't disco was came from like black house parties in the in chicago in the midwest i think the 
I guess like... And then white people turned it into something else. Turned it into Disco Duck. Right. Right? Yeah, it's the same way that they... Yeah. That's what white ru- people do. Ruined fucking, do. yeah, breakdancing and all that stuff. And had every fucking white person say, my name is Brett and I'm here to say, I get down funky in a special way. Well, you now know? when you say it like that, that means we can't do that. I know. We're out. Yeah. We, so don't do that. Chicken in Black is the song. By Johnny Cash. I don't think I've ever heard that one. I know, and Johnny Cash is just like, that ain't good, man. Da- well, Daytona Worker says, "How the hell did Kiss end up doing a disco song?" I'm sorry, that's one of the only good songs. It's the best. It's Kiss like song. the one of the greatest yes, songs they Strutter. ever fucking did. Strutter and no, that I was song made for loving you. I know that song and Strutter are the two best. Is Strutter Kiss their song. disco song? No, it's not oh. a disco song. Okay, I'm just gotcha. saying they got two good songs, and it's that's- that and Strutter. I mean, I for me, it's like I was, I was made for loving you, babe. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna watch that on the way home. the goddamn air and get ready for a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't hate Kiss because I like music by people that aren't very good musicians. Um, but I was made for loving you is their best song by far. I, I I can't believe people even got mad at them for making I was made for loving you because uh, they didn't hard. They weren't hard rock. I mean, they were just like. 50s greaser bullshit yeah which i like yeah i don't know i just feel like they i don't i just i guess you had to be there there wasn't enough technology to and that shit sounded crazy at the time but we're never going to understand in retrospect how like punk or kiss or any of that was actually like impressive yeah psychic gasoline in the chat says the shock jock that incited the disco burning riot was a chode though now let me that's true let me yeah he was he but, was anti he was homophobic and anti-black that's why he did it and let me say that's this. what disco was it was white it was, that was white people going after black people let Again. me say this this is just two things here right here um one all shock jocks are fucking chodes two true uh, i mean that's part of doing it is you got to be a chode a dork um but two like yeah People that it's don't like dog, it's dog whistle. It's saying this shit is gay. That's all they were doing was saying this shit is gay. It's so weird too because by the time it was like the late nineties, it was like I remember the first time I heard "Staying Alive." Maybe not the first time, but I remember hearing "Staying Alive" when I was in high school and being like, "This song fucking rips, man!" And like, I didn't hear a lot of disco songs. I didn't. I I still but haven't heard a lot of disco songs. But that's I happening don't right like. now, though, in the same yeah. way people are like Evanescence is good. You know, like that's twenty nice. years ago, you I would never have said that out loud. Yeah, they're not though. They never were. I mean, yeah. they have some stuff that sticks with you, and it's all a cultural thing. But like, yeah, I mean, it's staying alive. Everybody that was around was staying alive, and was around was like fuck this. Everyone that was around that heard uh uh fucking uh killing me softly by Roberta Flack. When they heard Lauren Hill do it again in the 90s, they were like, I fucking hated this song the first time around. It was on the radio too much. It's played out. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this stuff is, yeah, all the old stuff eventually just becomes cool again or popular or more digestible. I guess also. You're not as hateful. It, gets, it also gets like distilled down to the best stuff. So like if you ask somebody about disco, they'll be like. Here's like some really great disco songs and you can go fucking bonkers to those songs. Um, you know, Brett showed me Oz Shawnee Bar. <laughs> yeah. And I still listen to that song like once a fucking <laughs> week <laughs> where it's just like Oz Shawnee Bar. I don't even know what she's fucking saying. Yeah. It's just called Oz Shawnee Bar. And we I gotta go see her bonkers for that. She wants to perform live again more than anything. I want to see her. I do. I want to see Oz Shawnee Bar. 
Yeah. It's like an Indian disco song and it fucking rips ass, man. It makes the whole you whole album is good. Nut. Disco Jazz by Rupa. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And disco jazz is like exactly what I'd be really into now. Right. I, I haven't said this on the show yet, but I'm Jazz Brian now. I've gotten in I'm I'm really into jazz right now. And it sounds like I just decided I'm into jazz, but I've always liked some jazz. But I didn't give a lot of it a chance. So I would be like, I like kind of blue by Miles Davis. Like uh -huh. I fucking go bonkers for that album all the time from from way back in the day. Um, now, though, I'm like, I like John Coltrane. I love Supreme. I like soul jazz records. Uh -huh. I like. Um, but you uh, like the Delvin Lamar or organ trio. I like. uh the what fantastic like, three, the what fabulous three, like, the organ. I like the organ. Fast or slow? Okay. You know, like like a little ramble. Yeah, like, like middle. I don't like fast bebop anything, bebop. dude. I'm not a fast music guy at all. Like, like most no music bop. I like is mid tempo okay. to slow is what I'm into, and then not too slow. Because okay, Daytona worker, I'm gonna explain something to you here. J Static X called themselves uh, Death Disco. Okay, uh, they were not that. They did not live up to either one of those things. Static X, thank you. But no, I like jazz because it's gonna be really impressive when my Spotify Wrapped comes in and people are gonna be like, "Damn, Brian, you listen to jazz all the time." No, but the type of people that'll be impressed by that, you're not gonna be happy about. I know. Well, I here's what yeah, got the me type into of jazz. geeks that are into that, man. You're you gotta pick your people, man. Just be happy with your people. Here's what got me into jazz. It was watching a documentary about Kenny G and the jazz critics on it got me really excited about jazz because they were such gatekeepers. Yeah. They just were not into fucking new people getting into jazz. And I was like, I got to become a jazz critic guy, man. Sure. I love gatekeepers. Like I was so in when I was a kid, I'm just like, we need more gatekeepers. You should have to fucking pass a quiz to come I, to a concert. I just left a holiday party where I complained that hot topic was getting too like open with the shirts that they sell. And they should <laughs> Get rid of the pop music bullshit and make it closed off more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make it really fucking weird again. That's my jam. I love that shit. I love yeah, I agree. These guys I mean, there's no reason like, to do it unless you're telling other people to fuck off. Yeah. These guys were just like, you know, uh, uh, you got to know the whole history of jazz before you can truly understand how to listen to jazz. Yeah. And I'm like, I love it. I'll never know the whole history of jazz. I don't even think I care about the whole history of jazz. You like feeling inferior, though. I love this fucking guy that's like a fucking nerd that's dressed in the worst possible clothes of all time, looking me right in the fucking face and being like, you don't belong here because you have a skull on your T-shirt. Looking his nose down at you. Yeah, what I love you it. Know? What have you heard? Yeah. What do you even have any idea? And if he came to one of my fucking shows, you know what I mean? Like if I'm at a corn concert and that jazz guy showed up, I remember fucking being like, when I go see Deftones and Corn and Limp Biscuit and all that stuff growing up, I go fucking see those things. And I'm not lying to you. No bullshit. I looked for the critic. I was looking for the dispatch critic to tell him to eat shit because he always gave every one of the concerts I went to a bad review. And now I look at it and I'm like, 
that made me like the music more. Yeah. I liked it more because a guy that I didn't ever see, but no, he was a fucking geek, didn't like it. I just yeah. knew in my head, if you're going to fucking sit down at a word processor and you're going to, people were too rowdy at this concert, then you're a fucking nerd. Yeah. And you shouldn't like this. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I remember one time I went to the movies and since I don't, I'm not a film guy. You know what I mean? Obviously, I don't watch a lot of like independent film or anything like that. I'm not like a filmy film guy. Mm -hmm. I remember going You're filmy, but not in like the movie sense. Like yeah, like gross. Um, <laughs> I go to the movies. I fucking see the guy sitting in the theater with a notebook and a pen and a little tiny flashlight, and he's writing through a lot of the movie. Right? Recently? This years ago. Oh, okay. This years ago now, and and. If I had known that it, because I don't even remember the movie now, I can't even fucking get in the mind of the movie right now. But if I had known that the movie was going to be good and it was going to end up being something I feel strongly about, I would have loved to have yelled at that guy. Mm. He looked at the world's biggest dork. He was such a dork. And you know what? He probably thought, like, those guys look at me. And they go like this, like a jazz critic guy looks at me and is like, what a fucking caveman yeah. redneck idiot. Knuckle dragger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the peanut gallery showed up. That's, <laughs> did you see, before we get to the calls, I got to ask you this. Um, did you see the Jordan Peterson Kid Rock tweet? No. Oh my God. That happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make you mad because it made me mad somebody tagged me on it and i got so fucking mad about it but i didn't say anything about it and i don't know why i was so fucking mad about it uh it just yeah. really annoyed me so i gotta get it up here let's hear it and uh it's gonna bug you i know it but it's gonna take me a sec okay here it is um life in nashville and so it's a picture of a big bar Okay, it says life in Nashville. Kid rocks, nary a mask in sight. Praise the Lord and bless the rednecks. Jordan Peterson posted that. Jordan Peterson. Posted. I saw that tweet. I had no idea who it was from. <laughs> Doctor Jordan B. Peterson. Okay. <laughs> I wish somebody would have whipped his ass. Like he doesn't belong at Kid Rock's bar. You know, yeah, and like he's a creep. He's just like walking, watching from the outside, like sweating profusely. Like, look at all these rednecks having their freedom. You know, having so much fun. Like, I don't like nothing they like or anything about them, and yeah. I think they're all kind of gross. And I don't want to rub up against any of them, but it's so good they don't wear masks. They have depraved sexual proclivities <laughs> and drink alcohol in excess, but exhibit a kind of freedom that you could only find in the Disney canon of music of movies. <laughs> I hated. I just yeah. got so mad when he said rednecks. Yeah, it made me so mad because I'm allowed to say it because I am one. Well, I mean, also I'm gonna say anybody that's been to Nashville knows that you need you need a thousand dollars. You need a few thousand dollars to stay. <laughs> yeah, really. It's the bachelorette capital capital of the world. It's all about money. Like nobody, that's not like the local watering hole. It's funny because it's presented as if like everybody in Nashville that drives a lifted F-150 is going down to that place. And it's like, no, this is for fake asses. Yeah. This is, this is the Disney of redneck. Like Nashville is the Disney of redneck. 
beyond even like Dolly World and everything. Yeah. People go down there. They put on a pair of boots. Everyone's like, stop them, girl. You know, keep buying. Keep spending money. <laughs> yeah. One more thing before we, we get to the phones, Brett. Uh, and if you want to call in, the, there are open lines here. That's maybe why we're bullshitting so much. Um, big news. I uh, opened up Twitter to look up that Jordan B. Peterson post, Brett. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the trending topics is hashtag boycott IHOP. Okay. Which I f- feel like. I've been doing that. Been. My I, whole life. I haven't been to IHOP. I just see it and then I'm like, boycott. I just, I just never go. I just naturally knew not to go ever. <laughs> Last time I went to IHOP was with you. Okay. I'm guilty now. We were on acid. Or no mushrooms. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and it was a it fucking was, desperation yeah, misery Yeah, it was place. basically like two guys stranded on a desert island found like a buoy to hold on to. It was like a floating trash pile <laughs> that we could get a little bit of rest from. We almost died. <laughs> yeah. We went to wrestling in Louisiana and everybody ordered... A, the wrestling was like a half hour away from Bourbon Street where everyone was staying. So everyone called a Lyft and an Uber at the exact same time. It was going to be like $125 to get back home. We're like, let's walk until it gets cheap. We walked for like a fucking hour and then had to take refuge in an IHOP. Yes. And 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 it's funny because the show started at midnight. So it oh, ended yeah. at four in the morning. Yeah, it was four in the morning. And we were just walking down this like four lane highway. And we went to an IHOP and we ate there. That's the last time I ate here. But they're saying to boycott IHOP, Brett. Okay. And uh, so here's what I have. Uh, It is a sign that is hung on the cash register, apparently, at an IHOP. And it says, due to the fact that Biden gave gave out way too much free money and nobody wants to work anymore, we are forced to reduce our hours during the week, Monday through Friday, and then it lists their hours and says, thank you for your understanding and patience, IHOP. So people now want to boycott IHOP for saying, people don't want to work no more, Brett. Oh, they're going after IHOP for saying people don't want to work no more? Yeah. I think that's fair, though. I don't think people do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it also says, uh, apologies, we are short... Here's another one. Apologies, we are short-staffed. No one wants to work anymore. <laughs> Real quick. It's so funny to say no one wants to work anymore. No, uh, no one wants to work for what you're offering yeah. anymore. <laughs> and to be that understaffed and be that overwhelmed. I was doing DoorDash this week. I went to a KFC. I was supposed to pick up the order. The The dining room wasn't open at all. Like the app told me, go into the dining room, pick shit up. There was a line out the into the fucking road that I stayed in. I get to the front. I get to the uh, to the the speaker. I tell them I have a DoorDash order, and they're like, "Oh, that person ordered wings. It's going to take twelve minutes." Yeah. And then I look at them. So then I pull up to the window and I talk to them. It is one fresh faced eighteen year old child. Look, it looks like Gwen. Yeah. I know we disagree on who's adult child to me. Look, a baby-faced little girl had dozens of adults doing burnouts, cussing them out, saying, fuck this place. They were out of chicken, and she was just, like, dying on the fucking vine and wouldn't walk away. Like, just was too young and naive to just, like, hit the bricks. Thinks they're going to get in trouble. Right, exactly. Think that it's going to go on their record and that they're not getting another job or something. I mean, your parents do tell you I when know. you're little, like... You know, you're going to, here's the thing. 
bro, you're going to need references. So you never want right. to leave a job. But it's like nobody knows. No, they're desperate as anything. fuck. They need somebody right now. God, that makes me want to cry thinking it about that. That's crazy. why I don't want to go when I look, fast food. I know. I mean, she was just all by herself on the South End where people are like already go nuts, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're big tapping your foot on the uh, floor in a, in a blind rage. It, part of town there. I've seen some crazy shit happen there. Just so many showy displays of leaving the drive-thru. It's just like, you don't have to announce your departure. Actually, like, like we get it. Like, we're we're all built. Like, I'll wait. I'm on my phone in the, in the fucking drive-thru. Like, if you can't handle 25 minutes for KFC, then yeah, I guess you're not built for this. Yeah. And can't, you know, it's worth it. You know? It's not. Yeah. It's definitely not. <laughs> but there is money to be made. Would you eat KFC? Would you eat 25-minute cold AFC? KFC? When I eat... No. It I, smells I, so I good, dude. The it. original recipe, I was really wanted to reach in and grab a piece. They give, They have the vegetarian stuff now, right? No. Still no? No, not that I've seen. Is, is Five it, Guys the worst place to pick stuff up at? Because they're always like, we got to drop the fries when you get here. I hate that. It makes me so mad. Five Guys is not the worst. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's... um. It is kind of it, the smelling food all day though does kind of waste money because I'm just like I've been smelling McDonald's fries all day. I'm definitely getting McDonald's when I'm done. Like I've just been thinking about it. The only reason I'm doing this, also, um, I keep getting hit up for money. Like when I go to McDonald's, there's people asking for money outside of McDonald's, and I gave this guy twenty dollars, and I'm like, well, I guess I have to drive for one hour more now. Yeah, <laughs> like I just lost twenty dollars now. Yeah. Oh, that is a motherfucker. That is tough. Yeah. Also, I wanted to recommend finally uh, one of my favorite jazz organists. I want to hear what you think. Jack McDuff, brother Jack McDuff. You got to check out this album, Moon Rapping. Moon Rapping. It fucking goes so hard, dude. It's like 1969 uh, hot shit. Do they rap? No, no. It's just got that. Because I like it it's back in flavor. 1965 when sometimes they would rap. Somebody would uh, try to get a little something going. Yeah. Only answer the phone. Here. I used to have it up there, but I just closed it. Obligato. Flat backing. That's There's a good song called Flat Backing. Yeah, something I like to do. I like that. Well, I did that yesterday. I helped my back pain. My, yeah. My herniated, what I believe to be a herniated disc or a bulging disc. Or sciatica. My, my diagnosis is sciatica. We'll yeah. see what the doctor says, but I'm going with sciatica. Yeah. Or just like anxiety. I don't think it's anxiety because <laughs> of the the numbness in my hands and action. No. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a yeah. real deal thing. I think it's probably that for me. I think I think it's like one of three things. Right. One, it's big dicks disease. Okay. Just too Have big of a dick. Yeah. You know? So much blood flow can just like hinder the rest of the um, system. Two intelligence disease yeah, very brain, large brain, brain system syndrome yeah i have a super large brain and then three it's probably pussy gettings disease oh no because i that was just definitely not pussy that. all the time. I know that's not that yeah it's one of those three things yeah i couldn't see that being pussy the case brian. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like right before we record the pod cast a lot of time i'll i'll like try john gets grossed out if i go like this <laughs> We out here getting that pussy. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, stop, don't say that. He doesn't want to be one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Psychic gasoline probably got it too. Two fly itis, maybe? Like could be. Yeah. I, I've okay. suffered from that in my day. Good looking, Brian? Like it could be that I'm yeah. too good looking. It could be jazz. I don't know. But my fingers are numb. 
my feet are numb and my neck hurts and it sounds like a etch a sketch when you shake a etch a sketch when i turn my head it sounds like that in my neck like right about here so uh i think that's probably it might be from all right i'm gonna be honest with you it could be from oh no you know, it's not it's not eating we know it's not yeah we actually know it's cunnilingus not. yeah it could be from that yeah, the way you said it we know it's not that's yeah. just certainly not the case getting all that cunny yep <laughs> that's just <laughs> cross that off the list it certainly isn't that you don't say that convincingly at all <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can take calls. <laughs> People are just so grossed yeah, out so by now this. Now someone has to fucking answer to that. Yep. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Uh, I think this uh, might be me. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Hello. Uh, fantastic. Okay. You can come down. Uh, uh, Toledo area, and it's been a while since I called into uh, Street Fight. Nice. Uh, so I wanted to talk to y'all about uh, just like I don't know. I've been going through some life changes recently. Um, you know, had a recent, uh, you know, pretty significant split with a significant other, and I'm doing my best to not be bummed out or uh, anything like that. So I'd like to ask you both: What's your favorite Christmas movie? I don't. Here's. I'm gonna bum you out, sir. I don't like okay. any. I don't think I've okay. ever like. You know, I'll give you one. One that I enjoy yeah. that I've seen twice or three times. Yeah. Um. Basically, I like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a lot. That is a movie that Ooh. takes place around Christmas. That's the new Die Hard. Don't do that. Yeah, don't buddy. Don't fucking do that. I'm not a... So hip, dude. You're a hip cat. I'm man. not a freaking You're die a jazz hard. guy. You're a motherfucking jazz dude now. No. Finally, I'm... you have good taste, dude. I'm so happy for this new turn. That's not what I'm fucking okay, what is, saying. Bang, bang. I don't know this one. I'm not saying die hard is a freaking Christmas movie. I'm not doing that right now. Yeah, you chose the... You did the real... You did the real hit, though. Okay, I just like Shane Black movies. Any of the Shane Black movies that take place around Christmas. We're, we're talking your Lethal Weapons. Okay. Your uh, uh, just not die. I, you know what? I'm never watching Die Hard again just because Brett just did that. I'll never watch that movie not <laughs> one more time. Uh, I guess I'm never gonna get to see the wonderful Die Hard again. No, I'm just saying that like I was turned on the radio earlier this year, like the pop radio station WNCI. And I heard them having the diehard conversation, oh, and I was so I wanted to just crash the car. Like I, I thought about just jerking the wheel or letting go and not being alive anymore because I couldn't believe it was happening. But we oh, have oh. to. I mean, we have to push the envelope. We have to start like making more movies into the. You gotta say Gremlins is my favorite Christmas movie and shit, right? Oh, yeah. Gremlins yeah, might be. Gremlins I is. Christmas movie. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> Me and so I watched there Gremlins yeah, yeah. on Christmas one year. Uh, my daughter was. We were just like, let's watch Gremlins, and it freaked my daughter out so bad it was like too scary. And one of my favorite things in the world, and in any movie, not even in just a Christmas movie, is that gremlin that's just like irresponsibly shooting a gun yeah that is fun time <laughs> it makes me so happy just the 80s were so neat because like you could just have some shit like that going on in a kid's movie a little bit of gun violence yeah 
see a little bit of fucking guy like irresponsibly waving a gun around and shooting it. Yeah, I'll say the Gremlins. Thank you, Brett, for saving my life. But Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is good. No, I think that's a good choice. I was trying to congratulate you. No, you weren't. I was, absolutely. You're trying to make me feel bad. No, that's a cool choice. <laughs> that's a way to, to browbeat people. Like, you're learning about jazz so quickly. I know. I know. That's kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. I like it. You got one? Do you like one? To be honest, I'm going to give you the most, yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to give you the most heartfelt version. Yeah. For me, it's uh, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I have most of it you know, memorized. It's also what hey, uh, what what I hope what, what happened to me. More than anything, I just want like... it to happen to me. Sorry, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think the Santa Claus is funny too because like it seems like a lot of family comedies from the early to mid '90s feature just like a divorced couple, right? And then the mom starts dating like a psychiatrist or something like that. Yeah. And like the the new boyfriend being a psychiatrist is such a like prevailing sort of thing you know and he's well, got the good sweaters yeah yeah I mean, yeah i want i don't think i've ever seen the santa claus but i've seen the santa claus three four thousand million times because <laughs> it's one of gwen's favorite movies she loves the santa claus three and fred claus are yeah. her two big time christmas movies yeah. and uh santa claus three has martin short in it as jack frost he's like the evil He's Santa Claus's like enemy, and man, if you knew the amount of times I saw that movie, I just don't like. Here's the thing, I don't like dated things at all. Like, I go fucking bonkers when like, um. Okay, so I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, right? And here's the thing about it, when. I cannot listen to a show that happened before the last show I watched. You dig what I'm saying there? That's jazz talk there. You dig <laughs> what I'm saying there? With what? <laughs> so, okay. Let's say there's a pay-per-view tonight. Okay? Uh -huh. A yeah. wrestling pay-per-view. Okay? And uh, tomorrow, I open up my app and I'm like, I'm going to listen to some wrestling podcasts right i can't listen to anything that happened before the pay-per-view okay because it's data relevant information <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean anything to me we gotcha. know everything and uh that's don't do that burls now burls is in the chat call, making fun of don't i'm not billy crystal jazz guy have you ever heard that of Can course. you dig that? I knew that you could. <laughs> I'm not that. But um yeah, there's just like I don't I don't like things that take place at a time at all. Nothing that takes place at a time. What does that mean? I only like things that take place not at a time. <laughs> It, we're stuck with time, though. Everything has a timestamp on it, right? Yes, but 95% of movies don't take place at a time. Gotcha. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, so you don't know when it was happening in history. It could be fucking August. It right. could be fucking December. Gotcha. It could be January. I don't fucking know what, what month it is. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Uh, just Ben Ag- <laughs> Ben Alexander says, uh-oh, is Brian on mushrooms right now? I also felt like I was on mushrooms for like a half minute there when you started saying that. I don't like, understand it made my whole reality melt. Yeah, I don't I mean, understand what's weird about it. I don't like to do things out of time, man, either. That's all a construct, man. Time is the yeah. fourth dimension of space, man. It's all connected. I just don't want to He's watch jazzy. A- the jazz has been fucking me up, dude. It's all those extra notes that you can throw in when you stop thinking about time. You can get extra notes in. <laughs> it's not about time. It's just that, like, if I turn on a movie and it's Easter, but it's not really Easter, I don't like that. Ah. Uh. You know what I'm saying? If I turn on Die Hard in August... Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are we watching this fucking movie? It doesn't happen. I couldn't open up my door and see this right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, that That's a good point, right? I mean, I'm not that weird of a guy where it's like, I can watch a movie that takes You're- place in a different season at a Okay, I was concerned that you at couldn't. At a time. That- I was concerned that you couldn't only watch movies that match your window and what's but- outside your window. But I, I'm, I'm saying date-wise, like important days, you know, I just, I don't want to see Christmas in, I don't want to see Christmas on December 26th. Mm-hmm. You know how TSO, that's Trans-Siberian or- Orchestra for everybody that's listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they tour from August to the first part of the new year. Right. Right? I feel as though the only time it's really appropriate to see them is from Friday, Black Friday, until December 25th. They play in Columbus on December 26th. Now... I can't go to that. I'm out of that. It's over. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see things that look like yesterday. Yeah. You you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do you want to see things? Yeah. Today? Things sort of that like, look like today? It's good to see the Misfits you... between September and October, really. No, the Misfits is music. And that's different. TSO is. But you would never listen to Jingle Bells in... In May. But it's exciting now that you mention it. True. You're just going to do it? I would love to throw on a Christmas sweater and just go live one night of Christmas in May. God, I need that. I don't... I don't. On like the inverse side, though, I don't think I'd ever listen to Halloween or, you know, Left to Rest in the middle of, like, September. Or that's my whole life. In the middle of, like, August or uh, April or something. Halloween is a personality. That's okay. Christmas is not sustainable as a personality. Halloween can be a whole personality, though. Yeah. I just don't feel like... Hey, Cheer Rabbits wants in the chat wants to know, what about movies that take place in a place? How do you feel about those? Like, if you know the place, does that take... you? Like, Do you not like the place? No. You, you know why, it to be though? A liminal space? No you, place? Do you want me to explain the places thing? Yeah. What I do is, okay, when I watch a movie, it either takes place in L.A. or New York. Really? And then I just assume that, I just assume like, well, that's, you know, this, if it's the suburbs or if it's something like that, it's L.A. If it's snowing or a city, it's New York. 
And then it doesn't bother me because I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you know, wow, this is LA movie. I was thinking about that yesterday. I watched this fucking TV show, this Pen 15, and uh, it never is cold on Pen 15. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I really like this fucking show, man. I'll bet it takes place in California. That's basically how I think of stuff, you know? Like happy and sad? Like No, it doesn't have anything to do with the mood. I'm just saying, like, they never get right any places. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, how can you, if once you name it, like, it's not the real thing, right? I, what yeah. you say is New York, it's not anymore. New York changes on a dime. No, it doesn't. It's a feeling. It's not a time and space, man. It's just like something you can't grasp with your hands. If you try to capture it, it disappears. <laughs> I can, I, 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 I don't like movies that take place in Ohio. Scuzz Monkey's asking me. Brian can only I'm, watch movies that take place in Columbus. I don't like movies that take place in Ohio because I know it's not Ohio. I know it's California. So when they say this movie takes place in Ca- in Ohio, I just be like California though. It's actually California where this is happening. Okay. I just have like a really bad fucking brain when it comes to like, I can't, I don't, I think it's like from being young. Okay. When you being young, it was damaged you. Well, yeah, obviously, but it is like when I was a kid, the problem with being old is that you were once young. That's true. (laughs) That's very insightful. I never moved past like kid that fucking is like, that's fake. I don't believe that in my mind. I'm just Mm. like, nah, that's, you know, I mean, I've said this before. I thought, thank you forever since breakfast that I hate fake Boston accents. Yeah. Just everybody talk Midwestern. You know what I mean? Just talk like you're from Ohio. But how do we make fun of the beans? Just again, again, if they say the city that the movie takes place in, I'm okay with that. It has nothing to do with places. It has a hundred percent to do with just very specific seasons. I, I just feel like all movies here's here it is. Here's the rule of Brian. I'm like here's the so rule of Brian up like right now. I'm I'm about to fall over. I'm fucking dizzy. Here's the rule. This is the perfect rule for all of you to understand this. All movies need to be evergreen in order for me to enjoy them. <sighs> evergreen. It's just, that's two words, usually shortened down to one word. Okay. So that's to say all that. <laughs> yeah. Spaces, places, times, rhymes. It's all. Yeah. It's all jazz. If you I feel think, like every, think about it. Yeah. I feel like everybody in the chat is unwillingly or willingly misrepresenting what I'm saying. Cause it's not that confusing. I like movies. That are just happening in life. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. it. It's not yeah. even that weird. I have zero requests of them. I just consider them like staring at a light bulb. So like whatever they say is what they say. I don't really have to have it. I don't have any expectations from them except that somebody spent their time on them. Oh, now psychic gasoline asked me a very interesting question that I do have an answer for. Um, what makes a movie worth rewatching? I I'm never rewatching a movie again. Wow. I made that decision like a decade ago. You don't want to say the line before it happens? I made that decision 
10 years ago. Ugh. Before Street Fight, Ugh. I had made the decision I was never watching a movie a second time. And I have largely stood for it and done it. And it serves me great in that, like, the Marvel movies. Dude, you're getting philosophical as hell, man. No, it's not philosophical. I just yeah, don't want to watch mind, a movie bro. a second time. I remember. Can you ever experience the same thing twice? You can't. And I'll tell you why. I saw that Captain America Civil War. That's how I'm going to explain. Okay. I saw Captain America Civil War. I saw it in the movie theater. I had, I was high as fuck. I, you know what I mean? Like just smoked it. I remember I used to like smoke a lot of joints by myself and just go to the movies. I smoke a joint in a parking lot. I go in. I see Captain America Civil War. I fucking leave. I go home. Like it comes out streaming a few months later. I say, Katie, I loved this movie. We need to watch this movie. We sat down to watch it. I hated it. And the same thing happened with a Thor and another one of those movies. It ruined the fucking movies. Watching it a second time makes you be like, I don't like this movie that much anymore. I've already seen everything that happens. Yeah. And I just, I haven't watched a movie a second time in so fucking long. In a very long time. I just yeah. don't like it. So I just what, only have like three or four rules about movies. What about the comparison of feelings of like uh, joy versus disgust? You know, do you like to have the contrast between those in a rewatch? Do you think that's you don't think that's important at all? No. To know that you're disgusted with something you once loved. No, I don't like that. I don't like the. Don't I like the fucking everything. If you make a deal with yourself in this world. Where you say, I'm never going to rewatch a movie again. You will like every single movie you see for the rest of your life. Wow. That's a fact. Okay. Like I haven't disliked a movie since I made this deal with myself. Okay. That's because the method. I never have to watch it again. I yeah. know when it's over, even if it was shit. I never have to see that again. Mm. It's great. It's so smart. So, oh, and then somebody said you never watch something with somebody else to see their reaction. No, I hate that. That is like an intense pressure I feel at all times. Um, where like if I go to the movie, like say me and Brett decided after the uh, podcast that we were going to go to the movies. Uh, I wouldn't do that because if he didn't like the movie, I would act like it was my fault. That the movie sucked. So I don't like that either. Let's talk to our, let's see what our callers. Okay. To. I'm sorry about that. I got a we little had to wild riff, you know, yeah. we had to. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. Thank you for talking with me a bit tonight, guys. Hey, thank you for calling. Yeah, most I, definitely. Yeah. Night, you too. Peace. See, that's a good question. What about Friedberg and Seltzer movies? I, um, I didn't like them, but I'm not bummed out i wasn't bummed out after i watched him i was just like mm, that sucked i never have to see that again i will say that i was extremely happy when we finished super fast like i've never been happier than when we finished the last one of those movies yeah but like in but what about in a matter of like um of uh going out on a line and saying this movie is important or this movie is valuable or saying this is er I'm like earnestly important to me, knowing that other people are going to say it sucks or it's a bad choice or something. Are you capable of doing that? 
I don't like doing that with movies. I don't mind it with music, but with movies, I like, I don't, I don't. You just want to stick to the junk? I do. I don't know why. I can't sit through a long. No one can be mad at you for watching the junk. Well, I can't sit through slow stuff anymore. I've fucking bailed on every TV show I've started in the past probably two, three years just because I'm like, it's too slow. I don't want to watch this anymore. Mm -hmm. So, All right, let's get on the phone. Yep. We have an important caller here. I'm sorry. I just noticed you were there. Hey, Marla from Dallas. How's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? Can y'all hear me? You sound great. It's good to hear you. Okay, awesome. I'm actually getting ready for a shift at the club right now. So if you hear a bunch of rummaging in the background, it's just me getting ready. <laughs> free S- but free yeah, S- I've ASMR. been doing great. You're yeah, doing well? Yeah, some fucking stripper ASMR in here. How is everything going? Uh, the last time you called, you had this weird freak that kept coming in and bugging you. Did that end up uh, uh, resolving itself or is it still sort of a problem so it resolved itself because like i suspected with these men who get you know quickly obsessed and start love bombing me is that they get bored of me very easily because they realize pretty quickly that like their emotional manipulation and like their money like it doesn't do anything for me like i will walk away from money so fucking quick because if it's from somebody who's like driving me nuts it's not worth it because when you're in a club, like there are a hundred guys in front of you. So like one, even if he's a baller, if he's insane, I don't want to fuck with him. So that guy, he stopped messaging me. He stopped coming into the club. I'm like 99% sure he's out of the country on like holiday right now. So that problem resolved itself. And I'm just glad that I got through that period of time where I was wondering to myself, like, is this guy annoying or is he dangerous? Like, is he going to start stalking me? Turns out he's just annoying. Lucky for me. So, situation resolved, and I'm not really worried about it. And that's what most guys are doing. They're trying to impress you. They're trying to say they have some sort of emotional intelligence to see if that you're going to like devote your life to them or something or, or fall madly in love with their breakdown. And like, it's, it's, they're never slick. They're, they're not doing, they're not, they have no chance at all. It's, it's a, eh, that sucks that he would, but you have to think about like, you know, where it's going to end up. Yeah. It's hard to tell if he's annoying. Like it's hard. It's, it's like, is he annoying or dangerous? And you know, you, you probably assume at least I always have like most of the time he's annoying and, uh, you know what though? That is just um that that's so scary. It it's so crazy. Like so many people that I've been like truly irritated by uh uh I didn't know if I was afraid of them or not. You know? So I I get it. I get it. How are things yeah, going now? I see somebody um things are going things are going great with me, honestly. Like Money has been good. I took most of November off to hang out with my boyfriend, Garrett, in Seattle. And, like, I met his family for Thanksgiving. So I had a really nice break from work. And my boyfriend's family, like, they know what I do for work. And they were totally cool about it. Like, they didn't ask me a single question about work because I, I 
I don't know. I thought that was very respectful of them because they weren't sure if that was going to make me feel weird for them to ask me about work, but they know what I do and they were super chill about it. And I've been having a great couple months, you know, I've just been trying to work hard and, and push hard through the last month of December here. And I, I see somebody in the chat. I just wanted to, to bring this up. Somebody in the chat says a stripper was recently murdered in a similar situation and I think what this person is talking about is the dancer from Dallas, my city, who was stopped by a customer and this customer put a tracking device on her car and he stalked her and he ended up shooting her while she was driving her car. Um, I believe this was in Fort Worth, um, but she was a dancer in Dallas. And so a lot of dancers local and, and really nationwide, like we're talking about this um, and talking about you know, how do we keep ourselves safe as dancers? And of course that happened um, about a month ago and I was still in that mindset of, I don't know if this guy, if the guys that I were, was dealing with are going to be dangerous, but um, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about this, this dancer um, who was murdered by this guy, because obviously she's in my city. So it's way closer to home. Mm-hmm. Um, than for a lot of other people. Um, her name was Abigail and she had been a dancer in Dallas for a couple of years. And I, I feel kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's so intense trying to talk about these things in like kind of a clinical manner and try to explain to people like what that dynamic um, with dancers and customers are because I like I found out about this girl's murder and like I started sobbing immediately because she reminded me so much of myself you know uh, a younger Latina woman in the city just working to provide for herself and there are certain details about this case that are absolutely nuts like this guy who this customer who stalked her and murdered her um, he started posting on his Instagram about her, like pictures of her and texts that they had sent back and forth containing information about like her rates and them going on dates and stuff like that. And I bring this up because I just wanted to make a point here about how this guy who stalked and murdered her, he made an Instagram post, like calling her out for being an escort. And he tagged the Dallas police department in his Instagram post about her and basically tried to expose her to the police Mm -hmm. um, so they can like go after her. And it really hit home for me because it, it, it made me realize it, it really reinforced, you know, what kind of what I already knew about how the men who buy sex, they act like it's not illegal. Like they act like they are not breaking the law. Yeah. And men yeah. like that, this was, this was a white guy. This is a white guy who murdered this Latina woman. And he assumed, and I would argue in many cases, rightfully so, that the police will always be on his side, that the yeah. police are there to serve him. So he felt free to call this girl out by her government name on Instagram calling her a prostitute and tagging the fucking local police department in his post. 
Yeah, for the most part, they're like, I mean, this is my natural urges. Of course, I'm taking advantage. Everybody knows we do this type of thing, and now she should be in trouble, you know? Or, or like, I want to use the law against her because everybody knows this is how it goes. I mean, the, the reason these things happen because there's no popular conversation. I mean, it's happening very... The youth uh, are more, you know into talking about sex work being labor and that kind of stuff. But uh, we're so far away from it as far as even people in, in my generation. I mean, it's still something that is not to be talked about openly at all. You know? I mean, when I think I, I, you know, I see this every now and then. I don't know if this is like a huge amount of people, but I've seen, you know, uh, people that are still against sex work um, on the left. Which, if people yeah. on the left aren't a hundred percent in agreement on this thing being like a job and work and a way to a legitimate way to make a living, then like I don't I I I wonder if you know it's just going to take a generational push or it's going to take people being more open. I I think it's incredible that um, your boyfriend's parents know. And I know they're in Seattle, which is a crazy place where where it, they're just like it seems like a really progressive place to me every time I've been there. But like uh, that they know and and didn't ask any questions and didn't bug you about it. I I think that's like really fucking cool and it it's really encouraging. And I also think it's very brave of you to tell them or. or maybe not to tell them, but it's brave of you for allowing them to know that information, I think. And, uh, it, it's very cool. Uh, um, so I don't know. I, I wanted to say that, um, you know, <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like, I don't Aww. even, I, I, let me be honest. Luke. I don't even know what, I don't even know what my parents would think if I, I, I don't even have an answer for you for what my parents would think good or bad. I don't know. I have no fucking idea what they would think. And like, that is sort of one of those things that like, there's inherent sort of risk in that stuff. So like, uh, uh, it's very, uh, that that's like really cool. And also, uh, God, that's scary. I mean, putting a GPS on somebody's car is about the scariest thing I can think of. Like, that is the kind of shit that makes me scared to be a public figure. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. like somebody could just put a GPS on my car and 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 find me, you know? Yeah. Oh, what is this noise? It's money. I know. Yeah. And and the thing about um, that woman, Abigail, is that she found the tracking device a couple weeks before she was murdered. And, you know, she went to the police. She filed a report. You know, the man who murdered her was, you know, on the cop's radar. But the cops say the same thing to, like, every stalking victim. You know, basically that there's nothing that they can do about it until he actually does something. Because she couldn't prove without a doubt that it was him who put that tracking device on her car. So she did everything right. You know, she, she went to the police, like people I'm sure told her to do and they couldn't do anything, you know, and, and what, what, what could they have possibly have done in that situation? Yeah. And, and, and 
God, it just, it makes me so sad. It makes me so fucking sad because even when you know your life is in danger, like, what do you do about it? Move? Yeah. I mean, and you're right. There's not a whole lot you can do. But you you hit the nail on the head when you said it's indicative of like the police and what they do, which is to uphold the order, the regular order, which is that guy has power and other people don't. And as long as like dancers are are marginalized and treated as like a seedy or disrespectful thing or or like they create their own problems um, when actuality in actuality, like the type of men that uh, are using these services are more likely to be violent or to act on these things. I mean, there is there there is a there is a lot of evidence that this guy was going to do something. And uh, but the police aren't there to like solve crimes or prevent them. Like they're just there to keep the the status quo. Yeah, and also it right. is. Right. I do want to say that like this is no in no way a defense of the police or anything like that. But like I, we always say, we don't want them bugging people, right? Like like pulling people over for speeding or stopping people and asking what they're doing and shit like that. But this reminds me of all the times that like, you know, if somebody's missing, if somebody hasn't seen somebody for a few days and they're like, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta wait a while before we, we go looking for them. You know yeah. what I mean? We, we can't go. And it's the same thing with stuff like this or like with, remember we had that person call about her neighbor was an abusive husband and yeah. like how do we deal with this without the police and it's like i don't even know how you would deal with it with the police like i don't even know where you even go with the cops like without them just seems like even it just it's such a weird fucking situation we're in and like uh uh not me but like um i just don't know what the cops could do and i don't know what other than arrest them for a couple days. And I don't know what like you could do as a person. It almost feels like you're destined to sort of suffer the consequences of this person's uh, issues, right? Like if, if, if you're a sex worker and a, and a stalker happens, it almost, it almost feels like the only solution they really offer people is go buy a gun and kill them. You know what I mean? Like that's the only solution that I they agree. offer. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is just a thing where it's like I guess like we we can't charge it for murder until he kills you. Yeah, it's obviously he's going to kill you though. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean I feel like there some of the stuff is could have been. They spend way too much time on bullshit versus these things. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, people have been saying that forever. If if the police was just a group of people who fucking dealt with stuff like this, you'd be like, oh, this is fucking, you know, it's nice having police. They're not that. They're yeah, people they who spend shit. all their time ignoring this shit and beating up people that want nothing to do with them that are just living their fucking lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Ugh. I fucking hate the police and stalkers, by the way. Actually, yeah. in my life, have never... You're the first person I ever talked to that had, like, a weird, like, scary situation thing. Uh, so, I'm glad it worked out. I'm really... I, I, I'm, I'm happy for you. And, and, like, 
I hate that you have to go through this situation where you're like, is this person annoying or dangerous? Because I mean, that would be the thing I could never figure out. I could never figure that out as a person. So I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're well though. Ew. You guys want to hear something gross? Yeah. Do you guys want to hear something a little bit gross? Sure. Uh, cheer rabbits in the oh. chat. Okay. Mm. Did you see that? You want to hear it? Sure. She said, uh, somebody handed her a folded up, a man on a fucking train handed her a folded up letter that said, uh, I really heart your pink hair. Text me. I'm single and ready to mingle. Ah, ha, ha. And I'm like, ew. Why don't you just talk to the person? It's so unpleasant to pass a note. But I guess they're probably scared, right? Like, as a guy like me, I'm going to pass a note to somebody. I don't know. She, They said it was unpleasant. So, And they followed her to the door when she was getting off at her stop and handed her the note. So that's weird. I was just saying. I just thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? Uh, so, ooh, okay. Yeah, he, it makes it even better that it was on the back of a betting slip. <laughs> oh, <my> okay. God. <laughs> Jesus. What are you going to do? Maybe they won, you know? So, I hope everything goes well. I hope you have a good Christmas. I hope you make enough money that it doesn't affect you too badly. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I just, I'm looking at the chat. I just want to say one more thing before I head out here for my shift. Um, people are talking about legalization, and I got to reiterate that what sex workers want and what we've been fighting for is decriminalization. Yeah. And so the difference there is that legalization is a, it, it makes police the de facto re, uh, regulators of yeah. sex work. It means mm-hmm. police basically have to check, like, do you have a permit to be doing sex work? No, you're arrested. And obviously mm-hmm. that affects, like, the most marginalized among the sex workers. And so what we want is full decrim, police completely out of this industry. And it allows us to be more open about our work. It allows us to fight against discrimination from social media giants, from banks, from the police themselves. Like, decrim is the beginning for sex workers. It's not the end point. And decriminalization of prostitution, solicitation, and all related statutes of, of prostitution and solicitation, like, that's what's going to get us where we need to be. So, yeah. I mean, that's always, what. Always, always, decrim, not legalization. Exactly. That's what people in, in uh, you know, for lack of a better word, the legalized drugs movement have always said decriminalize them, uh, fuck legalizing them. We've been handling it for years. We just need to, you know, have access to the stuff to make them a little safer is all. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. That is a perfect. Exactly. Tell people where your sub stack is so they can subscribe. <laughs> All right, I am Marla Cruz. My Twitter is at Pearl Peach. That's P R O L E Peach on Twitter. And my Substack is Marla Cruz. That's C R U Z at 
Substack.com. Um, you can find my writings about uh, being a stripper, about decriminalization, and I'm definitely going to uh, put up some new posts on my Substack here in the new year. And I hope y'all will read them. So y'all have a great night, and I, yeah. I hope I'm about to have a great night at the club too. Yeah, we wish you the best. Yep. Wait. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Um. Yeah. Oof. Dangerous or annoying? I bet you like every woman has to deal with dangerous or annoying. Like yeah, with should... almost every dude they meet. That's their lived exist. That's like all the time. Just, I mean, we live in a, I mean, guys are in their own mind creating like a fantasy world, you know, that they aren't, the rest of the world isn't involved in, you know, they make up some sort of thing in their mind about a person on the bus with pink hair and then they pass them a note and then things change, but they, they don't understand what like empathy is mm -hmm. and like real human connection and like uh, getting to know somebody and being able to have a conversation, you know? They consider it literally like women are are prey. Women are just things that we conquer and kill and fuck and take advantage of. Like it's totally, totally horrible fucking world we live in. Yeah, yeah. In that regard, still, I mean, was, we haven't moved very much. And like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not brave of Marla to go do any of that stuff. It's those people are fucking assholes. Yeah, because she does her job and that's fine. And as deals with an incredible amount of violence and all that stuff. A friend of mine, Indy, she just took a glass to the face. A woman came into the club and threw a glass in her face and she had to go get stitches. For like what reason? A woman came in? Yeah, just a that? super drunk lady was mad for some reason and spiked a glass in her face. It's like people who think that you're there as I mean, you're, I think this happens your property. I mean, they, yeah. they they're dehumanizing people. It's it's like we got to the point of not understanding this person is paid to be naked and party and have a good time with you versus this is a commodity. This woman is just mm -hmm. something control and own and that's what those predator guys are all about too. I have enough money to own this person. You know, and if you show any sort of freedom or autonomy, then they're not into it. You're exactly right. Yeah. You're totally right with, with especially at at strip clubs like you know, you go to a concert with like people performing on a stage and, uh, you know, for the most part, everybody's very respectful of those people. They, they see those people as being a step up, like a, a sort of, uh, artist that, for me actually growing, no, growing that's up and the whole thing. That's why they're above you. Yeah. I see them as, as in a way better than me or higher than me in some kind of a social hierarchy. And uh, I'm respectful to them because they're putting themselves out there in front of me and they're doing something right. And uh, I don't ever feel like that. It, I, I feel like that is not the understanding at a strip club, and which is so bad. It's insane to me. It's like, it's just insane to me because it's treated as if like getting naked is so easy and anybody that did it can make a lot of money. But do you want to get, do you want to have stalkers? Do you want to have throw, someone through a glass in your face? Like, how much are you willing to put up with people treating you like shit? Like, it's not just getting naked. Like, the world makes it hard, more harder than anything to just be really good at dancing on a fucking pole. That's what the job should be. But instead, it comes with so much violence 
and you know I mean, because of the way society treats that as if you like you you're you don't offer anything because all you did was be sexual and even just like the idea that y- you would have to lie to people about what you do for a living is is really that is a cruddy thing it's, um sorry no i mean it, it it's yeah it, it we have a lot more progression to make on that um you know but we're not there yet it's not the world we live in yeah oh uh outer organism in the chat said i i only went to a strip club once when i was 18 but i never went back because the crowd and the audience grossed me out too much and uh i never felt that way when i used to go to them like regularly and do the do the whole thing. I did the whole strip club experience when I would go. Uh, then when we were making Heat O'Brien unleashed and me and Brett had to watch real sex and they would show a strip club, but the camera would like be on the stage looking at the guy's faces instead of the woman. And I was like, Oh, well now I'm, I don't like this. I don't like the look. I don't like the joy in their face or the way that they're there. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I got to go to the door. Okay. Got to go to the door. Got to go to the door. Nick from New Zealand. Oh, damn it. I'll be back. Brian wants to hear more. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, folks, you have to be more out loud and open. We have to give all the solidarity in the world to uh, our dancer friends because the shit's stupid and they're always being attacked and uh, everybody enjoys what they do, you know, but it's a fucked up world. Uh, let's see who's on the phone here. Oh, it's Nick from New Zealand. I already said their name. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up, bro? Howdy. Hey, um, it's awesome to talk to you. I missed out on talking to you uh, last week with the technical difficulties. Yeah, I was busy. Busy not being online. Um, Is someone coming in? <laughs> uh, some, uh, speaking of like perilous work situations, I was really fucked up to hear about the Amazon warehouse. Um, getting hit by the tornado uh, a couple of days ago where like Amazon still don't even know how many people are like dead from it. It's fucked up. Yeah, I saw today that they had told people that worked in the like adjoining warehouse that they have to come to work today at noon or some shit. Like they're like, just get over it. It's work time. I have something important to ask That's you, Dick. So fucking abysmal. Nick from New Zealand. Yeah, I have something important to ask you. Uh, uh, so are they really gonna, I don't know enough about politics out there. Are they really going to ban smoking there by 2025? Yeah. It's down. Um, it's fucked up. Yeah. Like going old on people are allowed to smoke, but young we people about last week they were going to, yeah. So, so Have what they're it? doing, I think is like, they're doing a sinking lid policy, which means that anybody who's, um, uh, 14, will never be able to smoke. So um, our, our smoking age is 18. So that means in, in four years' time, that's when they'll start it. And um, yeah, anybody who's allowed to smoke now will still be able to buy them. But we've, we've, we're fucked up. Like We've been putting up the price of cigarettes 10% every year. Um, is that so they used like, to be super cheap, but now they're super expensive. So let me ask this. Is that a thing 
like here when they say like because they've said they're going to make cigarettes illegal here before too in the past like they're Dude, just like dog, they're they're gonna, no yeah. they are like real crackdown nanny state over there they do really follow so through. they it, actually follow through we got yeah. neglectful ass parents here yeah so it's gonna happen well yeah i mean that's what the labor party who's in power is saying at the minute and it's being promoted like um we've got a, a really good well, it could be better, but a really good representation of um, uh, we've got a. It's hard to explain because it goes back back to like when New Zealand was first colonised by the English, and essentially, like we've got a treaty which says that there's um, equal uh, sort of sovereign rights for both Māori, uh, Indigenous people, and um, Pākehā, which is the term used for uh, English sort of you know colonisers at the time and and so we've got separate Māori seats in government and um they're all taken up at the minute by the labor party which is our sort of center-left uh social democrats kind of um and we've also got a a, a political party called the Māori party and and it's, it's a real big push by um the Māori party and the, also the the people in the labor party who hold the seats in those Māori seats to push this because Māori have such high rates of smoking and are really, really um, hurt by it as well. They have really poor health statistics. So, yes, I think it'll push through, but if the uh, centre-right sort of National Party comes through and wins the next election, they could say it's not going to happen as well. Can I ask you this? What is, like, the rules around vaping there? I'm so curious about this. They're not doing anything about it. Okay. Vaping in New Zealand is not like the States. Like, you can still get um, flavoured uh, vape stuff like oh, in my I, I don't live in like you know the highest socioeconomic area in Christchurch and there's like fucking five vape stores down the road it's crazy man it's gone off real heaps here you can get good vape flavors in most places in the United States it's just California and New York you know the big brands that like RJ Reynolds <laughs> and Philip Morris can't make the fun flavors but they import all kinds of mango <laughs> and lychee and everything like constantly the drive-thru has plenty of those yeah so i guess what is weed there like what what are the rules around weed it's 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 not legal um there was a referendum where um jacinda ardern who's our prime minister right she didn't come out and say whether she was pro or against legalizing marijuana and this was at the last election so we do referendums then and the vote was like 49.5% 49.5% in favor of legalizing something like that. So we were like right on the edge of legalizing it, um, but it didn't happen. And it's, it's really gutting, but at least the police have sort of come out and said, they're not looking to prosecute anybody for um, possession. Uh, so like, yeah, it's, it's not legal, but it's also no one gives a shit and everybody smokes weed all the time. So How is America the only good, place? right well amsterdam but how is the united states and canada the two only places where it's legal around the world like arguably the united states being one of the most backwards places (laughs) in the world and we have it in most places here yeah i mean because yeah it's all we care about is doing toxic, poisonous, talk like shit to True. ourselves. We love it. That's all we care about the most is the most destructive possible things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We in New Zealand, we've got um, like people smoke weed fucking all the time. Everybody I know smokes weed. I don't, but that's only because I've got 
Um, I think you guys have talked about panic disorders before. I've got a pretty nasty one. It fucks me up. Um, the uh, the drinking culture in New Zealand is also like abhorrent. Like it's real. It's real fucked up. Um, That's life. Uh, so I mean, to me, I would like it to be legalized so people don't have the stigma and would smoke weed rather than you know drinking too much and you know the health outcomes due to that. Is alcohol like eighteen or twenty one? When how old do you got to be to get it there? 18 yeah 18 man that would have made everything better for me because when i turned 18 i still had to wait another three years before we could get it and it 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 makes you really mad when you're 18 years old and there's something you can't get because they tell you you're an adult here and then you get super mad because really the only things you could you could get cigarettes but you gotta be 21 to get cigarettes now and uh you could get you have to be 21 to get cigarettes oh yeah you gotta be 21 to get cigarettes in columbus at least really you didn't know that no i had no idea yep 21 to get nicotine period you gotta be 21 wow it just happened like um two years ago see we don't think about this stuff no it's not relevant to me yeah i don't care (laughs) you gotta be 21 or not you know but yeah yeah 21 for alcohol and 21 for cigarettes in the united states 18 for pornography you can get pornography at 18 but you can get that at any age now but back in the day that was tough it was tough before the internet you you had to be 18 to go to the porno (laughs) store and then you could go in there and pick up some porno and that that's literally when you turned 18 in columbus i didn't know anybody that didn't go to the porno store lion's den yeah the lion's den yep also when i turned 18 i went and bought some like cigs and they swiped my id in the little machine and it played happy birthday for me oh that's cool i didn't know they did that <laughs> yeah that never happened to me it was like yeah in virginia i get tj borg says weed is 21 as well it's 18 in ohio uh weed you can get it at 18 so that is a cool thing but you got to get prescribed it by a doctor and all that shit so it don't really fucking matter uh I'm sorry, I, I, I can't believe I derailed your call to the point where I just was like, I can't believe they're not going to let people smoke cigarettes anymore in New Zealand. <laughs> and it just got me thinking. I think like, it's pretty, it's funny that the headlines that like, because we've had it going through our politics for years and years about, you know, smoke three, 2025. And like, they've, they've done a lot of price increases. And, and like I said last time, it's super easy to get. Um, nicotine replacement and therapy and all that sort of shit but like the headlines that you guys get in the states from New Zealand must be pretty fucking wacky because there is some weird shit that happens here but in the context of New Zealand it kind of makes sense yes you're absolutely right Uh, uh, it, it just seems wacky in the United States because it doesn't feel like we're even considering uh, uh, making cigarettes illegal here. I don't, I, I mean, we're basically the, the, the thing with cigarettes here is like, you can't smoke them indoors anywhere. 
Uh, except for in Pennsylvania, actually. In Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that was great. It fucking rules. Yeah. Harrisburg and uh, what's the other place? Las Vegas. Yeah. You're just like, what am I doing? I'm standing indoors smoking cigarettes. This is fucking great. No one's mad. Yeah, we went to a bar and you could smoke in the bar in Harrisburg. And I was like, this is crazy. It just feels so weird being inside with a cigarette. It was 2020, right? Uh yeah, it would have been our last last show before show, yeah. we dropped Jake off. Yeah, I think it's like a um kind of a big distinction between somewhere like New Zealand and the states, where like um I guess the social cohesion or social responsibility factor sort of plays into it heaps. Because I know that it was like a um, coronavirus response. Like we went into fucking hard lockdowns and tried yeah. to isolate it out of the country, and it pretty much worked. But like. It's it's wearing off at the moment. Whereas I know in the states that shit just wouldn't wouldn't fly at all. It's it's so much more like individualist over there, which like can certainly be a good thing. I don't particularly want the government banning cigarettes. I think it's pretty stupid. But you know, like, um, I, and I don't think it's a state control thing as much as um, maybe it is. I don't know. I've got some fucked up thoughts about it. Like same thing with vaccine mandates for getting into workplaces. Like. As as a person who like really wants to push for workers' rights, I don't know where I stand about it because when I asked all the union members at my office, um, they said, "Yeah, fucking no vaccine, no entry." So you know they're all on board with it, but you know if we've got a member who doesn't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason, it's fucking stupid anyway. Um, you know, like should they have the right to not come into the office? I don't know. Confusing, no, man. you're no. That's very interesting for me too because like. I'm allowed to push like a crazy progressivism in America because it's not going to happen. But like in places where they're like, no, you're not allowed to smoke anymore. Or like, no, you can't fucking leave the house if you don't have a vaccine. <laughs> like, how would I feel in that environment? Like, what would my mentality be? Like, I, I guess I am probably more community oriented in that. Like, I can I don't mind suffering for other people. Like, I don't feel that it's so important for me to to it's not so important for me to like smoke indoors that I think every waitress should have to put up with secondhand smoke. Yeah. You know, like if I want to do it, like yeah, I, so I ha that's for me, but it doesn't have to, my habits don't have to be like publicly ex available or acceptable. You know, like I don't have to, I, if I run a restaurant, like I don't want someone with Omicron coming in, like that doesn't have a fucking vaccine. No, totally. Like, and I, I, my brother-in-law has just been in hospital. He was in, um, uh, what do you call it, ICU, um, or like high, dis high dependency unit. I don't, I don't know what they call it over there, but um, completely unrelated to coronavirus. But like, you know, if we ran out of those ICU beds, and New Zealand's health system is really fucking poor in terms of its capacity. Um, like we have, if we got a decent surge of coronavirus outbreak, like we would be completely fucked and inundated. And if it means yeah. that somebody who like, you know, if we've got unvaccinated people or it spreads around because people are taking too many risks, it's like, well, my brother-in-law wouldn't have got the bed. He wouldn't have made it, you know? Right. And and, and that's everywhere. I mean, I think everyone's realizing that they were like, eh, not everyone's going to get sick. Like, you know, every, every hospital, yeah. no matter how you orchestrate yourself, all the hospitals are like, we don't need that many beds. I do think that, like, if you're going to a job where you're indoors... You should have to get the vaccine. Yeah. I'm fucking sorry. I mean, from yeah, and I, I I've come to I've come to understand that and talk to people where like I've went to karaoke, I've went to bowling alleys, I've went to concerts, I've done every possible thing. All that they have in common is that, is that I spent two or three hours there at the most, 
and that the people that I think are spreading most of this are working together for eight hours. Like it's it's line cooks, it's restaurants, it's offices, it's uh, family gatherings and churches. Like that's what's doing it. That's what that's what's that's what's yes. moving it along. Right. Exactly. I feel exactly. like really fucking bad for all of the workers, especially in retail, who's like they don't have a. They're not there for thirty minutes. They have to be there for eight hours a day. You know, it's it's the customers that come in who who bring it to the workers, and that's that's the real fucking stressful bit of it. I did have a quick um, question, like um, I at work, like there's a role um, that came up in like a team leader role, and I work at a call center, and you know, like I'm really invested in the work that I do with the union as a delegate there. But if I apply and get a team leader role, then that means you know if you if you're in charge of hiring and firing, you know you don't you can't be a delegate or I guess you guys call them stewards. Like where do you guys sort of draw the line in terms of how do I, how do I balance my own sort of like what I need from a job and I need money and all that sort of stuff compared to like, how do I not get sucked in and become a massive corporatist and, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, you can't it, it end up being the people exploiting. I mean, all that I can say, I can give you a right answer, but I don't know if I could live it or if anybody else can, but you should be doing the best for like the people that are just getting hired on. And like if it makes you not likable to management, you should get fired over that. Like you should make yeah, everyone uncomfortable by pointing out the disadvantage of being on the lowest rung of the pole. Yeah, I love like, that. I I I I think that yeah, totally. is that is the be- the most the best thing. And this would be really good for unions. I'm I'm going to say this for for union members. Uh so my brother-in-law is really dumb. He is a dumb man. He's a flat earther. He's all that <laughs> stuff. He's as, he's one of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, he's very anti-union. And uh, the reason he's anti-union is because he got a job at a union shop. Okay? At a, at a it was loading trucks or some shit like that. He gets a job there. And the people with seniority, he felt like got they got, and this is how it should work. I understand, but they got the best schedule. They got like they did the easiest jobs. They got all this shit right. So he got none of that. Like so, it you can understand why somebody that's very stupid would end up becoming anti-union because he thinks that like well, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't I disagree with that though wholeheartedly. Cuz I think that like if you put your time in you do deserve more. <laughs> like you're more invested in the thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I think as a base level it's like what only gets better from here, you know. But it shouldn't be I I guess like the way I the way he described it to me was that like it people were actively people that he felt were in the union were actively making his job more difficult. And like, uh, uh, I think you couldn't start in the union. You had to wait or some shit like that. It's just one of those things they do to set people against the union. That's a company thing. Yeah. yeah. Companies yeah, that love sounds really, doing that. That sounds really fucking wacky. Eh? Like my, like the, the, you know, it's solid, solidarity forever and all that, you know, you want everybody to be on the same foot. Um, 
I can't imagine why they've got rules like that. It's certainly not what I'd want to see in a union, but I mean, I if that's what it's like over there, then for you me, know? all it is, all it is is like if if you're supposed to if your job is to convince people not to strike, like don't do your job. That's all I can think. <laughs> Nick, I'm gonna blow your mind oh, here. I'm, I'm gonna I'm about to blow your mind. Uh, uh, I would think that the amount of people in the United States that work at a call center that have a union is almost like a, <laughs> a minute. Uh, I mean, it's wild for me to think about a call center with a union because like the one I worked in was The union density in brutal. New Zealand is so much lower. Yeah. It yeah, was, ours, is, ours is pretty it, good. Like um, we've got, uh, it's a financial sector union because I work in insurance, like, you know, house and contents, that sort of thing, insurance. So we don't have proper health insurance. Well, we don't need health insurance over here because it's state funded, right? But I work oh. as a... Um, like a real-time analyst or a real-time coordinator. And you guys might've had those in the call center. It's just a person who says like, you know, make sure you're doing your breaks on time and all that. But it's quite funny because like all the operations managers, like when I'm in the team meetings over Zoom, they just see my union poster behind me and they sort of know that I'm on the side of the workers when it comes to this shit. So trying to apply for a team leader role might be quite difficult with my sort of outspokenness anyway. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is so weird. I I hate that they make you leave the union to move up in a company because it almost makes it feel like people are trying to work their way out of the union in a way. And then it's 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 not as though your job gets more secure when you become a manager. I mean, every job I've ever had, the the least secure jobs were the management positions, like the the not top management, obviously, oh, totally. But I'm saying yeah. management that is like just one step above the workers on the ground. I mean, those motherfuckers get fired like crazy. Yeah, it's just you have to make more money every single quarter or get fired. Yeah. It's like totally <laughs> impossible. I remember like they would offer people the, the fucking manager position. And so at the cable company, they would they make you a lead. And people really jockeyed for the lead positions, you know? They loved them because it was so much less work. I did it for like six months, and it was just almost no work, right? Um, but as soon as they said, do you want to be a manager, they all said no. And to the person, every person I talked to, they had to hire managers from outside of the place because everybody I talked to that were asked to move up to manager said no, they fire managers. And uh, they don't fire. They didn't fire us because we didn't make any fucking money. So yeah, that's uh, I, I'm you know I'm really jealous that you have a call center union though. We have a good one here. The IWW yeah. does it and stuff like that. But yeah, we're not super effective, but you know we're there and certainly helps for disciplinaries and all that sort of stuff where it comes to you know represent your workers and make sure they don't get fired. We're lucky that our labor laws, like, while they're still not absolutely fantastic and we don't have the right to strike, like, they're, uh, they're pretty decent. There's no instant dismissals and that sort of shit. Cheer manager in the chat said some really funny as uh, somebody called in back in like April and said that they worked at a call center and everybody that worked there was a manager so they couldn't unionize. <laughs> Remember, they did that at Smart, Jimmy yeah, John's yeah. too. Everybody's some kind of a manager at Jimmy John's, no matter what you do. So, very stupid. Nick, we love your hey, calls. I'll leave you guys to it, but um, I, Brian, especially, I'll flick you a message on Twitter. Um, I'm at real 
underscore Alan underscore Musk. And, okay. Um, I've got some um, New Zealand New Zealand new metal to send through. It's fucking embarrassing, man. We fucked it up real bad over here. Oh no. Oh, now I need to hear it. I so. love y'all people though. Yeah, you're you're the best. You're outlaw. Oh, we, we got good music, but our new metal is is atrocious, man. I was a huge fan of it when I was like fourteen, but yeah, looking back, it's What's, pretty dreadful. How do you spell um, Alan out there? Yeah, I love I love Alan. you guys. So I got to come out to uh, A L A N. Okay. Yeah, and what's the band called? I'll put it in the chat. Out of curiosity, uh, it's blind. There, there's a there's a pretty uh, biggest one was blind spot, like one word but two T's on the spot. Okay, yeah, they ripped off corn. They probably heard the song blind too, and just went with that. So that's cool. Well, Nick, yeah, send that to me. I'll probably play it on a show sometime. And it 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 was wonderful to hear from you. Call back anytime. And if you come to Ohio, we'll we'll party with you for real. Yeah, and if it costs you a lot to call us, yeah. we'll reimburse you. Yeah. Yeah, if it costs no, you money to call us, keep let us know. Keep up the good work, and I'll, um, uh, yeah, um, keep doing what you're doing, and I'll, I'll catch you guys later. Peace. We gotta Have go into night. power mode. What we got? Oh, we got man. a lot of calls, and How not many? a lot of time. All right, you all each got like t- two or three minutes. Wow, it's gotta be. Wow, let's do it. Let's take the call. Thanks for calling. Street I thought fight. that was our last call. No, they called him. I showed up. Hello? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? I forgot to introduce him. Oh, uh, not too much. I guess I'll uh I'll try to make it quick, but this was kind of an impulse call. This is uh this is Adam. Um How's it from going? an undisclosed location. Parts um, unknown. Not 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 too great at the moment. Um I was uh I was trying to have a nice domestic day um at home uh made some uh made some dough for focaccia that i'm gonna bake tomorrow and then i uh tried cooking a a nice a nice ragu to go with it um and i i've had this i've had this dutch oven for like four years now and uh the martha stewart dutch oven i don't know if you know anything about uh her line of uh cookware um, but I'm now learning it's not, not of the, uh, most reputable quality. <laughs> no, I mean, um, yeah. So any I food network star or any, any celebrity chef, you it really, all you want to get is commercial. I feel like is the only option to get really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, you got to go with, you got to go with lodge or, uh, locker set if you have the money for it. But, um, this was a, this was a gift a few years ago. Um, and I, I liked it enough and I have a, I have a skillet, um, that is also, I've also noticed kind of warps, um, it kind of has like a warp center. So everything kind of pulls on the, on the, on the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, uh, I was making this meat sauce, um, and it, it turned out really nice. Um, probably about like $30 worth of meat, um, that I've had saved in my freezer for a while. Okay. And, uh, sat down with it and got through about half the bowl and noticed that there were little little black flecks in my mouth and it was uh tasting pretty gritty uh, oh, i remember no, it. No, no. Yeah. i remember when i was cooking it that I, I felt something scraping on the bottom and i thought that yeah. it was just a little bit of caramelization left over and Mm-mm. i hadn't deglazed all the way Mm-mm. uh not <laughs> the case uh it was the uh, the enamel was uh chipping all all into my uh my ragu um, jesus that's terrible. So I'm looking at it right now, and 
trip. Yeah, I tried paint. sifting through it, and it's just it's they're just too they're 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 just too tiny to, oh, to get I out. It's like that. it's like trying to take black pepper out of a out of a meat sauce. Oh, I hate when something like that happens. That is like the worst feeling. Uh, uh, when you make yeah, something it's, it's and you spend time on something and then something bad happens to it and you're like, first you, you, you like, are like, I think I can fix this. I'll just pick it out. Yeah. You know? I remember one night I was making cookies and I was like, okay, I'm going to make these cookies. And so I go to make the first ones and I forget to put sugar in second ones. I forget to put eggs in. Or butter or something like that. I fucked it up three times. Had to go to the fucking store twice while making these cookies. Didn't give up though. But the whole time I was like, I wonder if I can, you know, do something to fix this. So that was bad. Well, yeah. do you you got anything else? We're we're uh we're in we're in lightning round here. Okay. My uh my wife is here. She just walked in from a Christmas party at Top Golf. Uh Caitlin, do you have anything to say? And they report real quick. Uh, not a ton. I'll I'll call back another time, Brian. I I, I work at a running store. Ooh. Um, I know you've tried uh, some hokas before. You have quite a shoe saga. Uh-huh. Uh So uh, I I I'd love to call in again and, and have a longer conversation with you about your walking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's, get plane, sure. Let's get a plane ticket and fitted you for the right shoes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, hell I yeah. Hell shoes. yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't think the shoes are what fucked my back up. I'll say. Okay. That. Well, yeah, definitely call I'm back. Fine. I'd love to sit and talk about walking for, for 45 minutes. I could do that. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll call back. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you. Joe. <laughs> bye. Thank you. Next call. Next call. You, you gotta shut the tap off. What tap? On the uh you can't turn it off. Yeah, you can. How? Uh, I should just do it from over here. Answer the phone. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? How's it going, guys? Is it me? It certainly is. Oh. Fabulous. Hey guys, this is Nick uh in Colorado. Um I was you mean listening ball? to the Wednesday episode, and you guys were talking about uh, uh, Christian metal. Uh huh. And uh, that is a, a rich vein to be explored. Um, the uh, it was the front man for the band as I lay dying, which was a Christian metal band. I guess they still are. Like hired, tried to hire a guy to kill his wife. Uh, I've heard uh, of this. It was. Just, yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty bonkers, but there's um yeah, there's a lot of uh interesting stuff in those uh those bands for sure. The Christian metalcore stuff? Sorry, yeah, I show yeah. I mean some of it I, I think is legitimately good. Like like I think Norma Jean still rules. Um they had uh Memphis will be laid to waste. That that song still rips. Um but yeah, I think just the the cast of characters in that genre is uh is kind of fascinating i'll look into it because i i think brett knows a little bit about kind of christian 
sort of scenes of music, maybe the hipper ones. Well, yeah, I'm just half Christian. And my buddy AB Aaron Bentley is going to come on. We're going to me and Tom are going to do Holy Boys on the other side of our vacation. Uh, we're going to do a whole series, and uh, we're having my buddy Aaron Bentley on to talk about Christian. I think we're going to have a f- few people on because I was going to ask Brett to come on and talk also on the same show about like the kind of hardcore. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about hip Christianity on this one. Uh, oh we're just going to do a whole episode on that just to just like because it was something I avoided like the plague. For sure. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a, a, a definitely a, a place where a lot of weird stuff happens. And I think a lot of the bands kind of grew out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that whole kind of subgenre is, is something that's real neat. Um, I know you guys are, are timing things down, uh, but can I just make a quick plug for my dumb podcast? Yep. Cool. It's uh, it's called Slow Death by Podcast. Uh, you can find it pretty much uh, anywhere you get your podcast and you can find us on Twitter at slow death pod. I think it's what it is on Twitter, <laughs> but uh, thanks guys. Thank you for calling uh, um, slow yeah. death. Appreciate you. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Peace. All right. Bye. All right. Last call. All right. Two more to go. Two more to go. Let's get it done. Thanks for calling street. Frank. Hi, this is Dave in Seattle. What's up, Dave? How's it going? Well, good and bad. Now, we all said earlier that Seattle's a liberal place. Well, uh, I don't really have time to get into it because you guys are in a rush, but that's not necessarily true. I believe you. However, however, Sawant did win her recall, her fucked up recall, by 250 votes with the baddest, Biggest, baddest ground game that the world has ever seen. Right on. Well, that's great. I mean, I know it's probably a super lib city. I just feel like when I, when I've been there, although, you know, I'm hanging around street fight fans, um, that people seem to be, and I find this on the whole West coast that people seem to be a little more, uh, uh, sort of progressive in a, in a social way of like like oh okay i don't know like not they don't have as much of the anti lgbtq stuff and that you know it, it's way right. more frowned upon to be racist there than it is in in like ohio and and like shit like that i think is is what i'm getting at i i believe that like obviously the state government is is probably awful and very liberal like libs so Believe me, I know. Yeah, it is. The, the governor is a bump on a log, um, and so is our King County executive. But, yeah, it was really – I'll post um, Sawant's speech in the Patreon uh, comments. Nice. And y'all can listen to it. But she brings down the fire. She names names. Her fellow, She roasts on her fellow city council members. Nice. Um, we got this awful mayor coming in. There's going to be some real fireworks. It's going to be wild. Sweet. All right. Well, yeah. Post it in there. Yeah. We'll take a look at it. All right. All right, y'all. I'll I'll call back another time with uh, and 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 give you a, a better rundown of of what's what happened. But yeah, it was Sweet. pretty crazy. So all right. Talk to you later.
Thank you. you. Have a good night. Last yeah. call. Last call. All right. We Thanks did it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Howdy. What's, what's up? What's up, Street Fight? Yo. Hey, hey this is uh, Trucker J. Sorry, last minute call. You guys haven't talked about the Kellogg boycott at all, have you? No. Has anybody called about it? We, we talked about it on okay. Wednesday, I, I, but we should have talked. But we also, I just want to throw this out there, too, because we're going to be, like, running out the door when we finish and stuff. But uh, the Buffalo Starbucks thing is, like, really incredible. Some stores in Buffalo yep. voted to unionize. If Starbucks uh, closes those stores, I will never drink Starbucks again in my life. <laughs> yes. I no way. And I will uh, never. No I'm fucking serious. If they close those stores, I'll never touch that shit again. Wow. I've decided. Yeah. I'll fucking stop at the make it when we're on tour. I'll stop at the gas station and just buy some fucking coffee inside the gas station. There's yeah. plenty of places to go where I live where I don't have to go to Starbucks. I like it because they have big cold brews. Like okay. yeah. they're yeah, cold yeah. brew. Uh, smaller coffee shops always only have. That's like, true. They only give you twelve ounces. Yeah, or twelve ounces. I want twenty of those <laughs> ounces. Yeah. And like that's the only reason I I, I go to Dunkin' sometimes. Yeah, they show too much concern yeah. for your health at those small places. I hate Starbucks health. will give yeah. you, yeah, they'll let you redline it. Yeah, they'll give you a Trenta. I don't go Trenta, at least. I have. <laughs> I did get Trenta once, and I was like, God damn, man, Brian, you don't need that much caffeine. My face, like, had pins and needles in it. Like, I, it, it was the one time in my life where caffeine actually made me feel not just... It made me feel like I was on drugs mm -hmm. for real. Yeah. yeah. And I never get that. That's feeling. why sober people do it so much. You think so? Absolutely. It, it takes so much, though. Once you're addicted to caffeine, it basically, the amount that I drink in a regular day, which is actually a pretty small amount compared to what most no. people drink. Yeah. Yep. Most adults, I would say. I have. What's your numbers? Okay, so in the morning, I have a glass, probably a 12-ounce glass of cold brew or iced coffee in the morning. I drink that, and then three hours later, I get a venti black cold brew or, at Dunkin' Donuts, a large black cold brew. And uh, yeah, I don't have any more coffee after that. That's Only it. 500 milligrams a day, that's all. It's like nothing. But I mean, what is average is what I'm saying. Average what? is not 500. That's like oh, yeah. two pots of fucking coffee. What is average caffeine intake? We got to find this out now. Because I don't I want people... enough to kill you. If you listen to... It's too much. Like, that would give me a heart attack. If you listen to the beginning of this show... And then you listen to this, and then it it makes me seem like a fucking maniac now, because it it now. Oh, oh no! Is that what the show does? The the does, beginning does of the that show. What the show is done. Oh no! We didn't mean to do that. I actually at the beginning of the show, I thought everything I was saying was very normal, and now everybody's calling me a psycho. Well, I mean, yeah, you said space isn't space. No, and time is a like. Uh, I a, said I idea. don't like movies that take place in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Katie is here. She made the same face. We won't redo it, but thank you, Katie, for reiterating the crowd's reaction. Oh, shit, Brett. Consuming 400 milligrams is probably harder than you think. 
the dietary <laughs> guidelines. What's so the average? There, uh, it looks to me like for people my age, for men in their virile men, yeah, virile handsome men. Uh, a moderate daily intake level of caffeine for healthy adults is 400 milligrams. Oh, okay. Uh, they conclude that moderate that coffee sounds... consumption up to 400 milligrams a day of caffeine can be part of a healthy diet. No this is way. From, Nothing's healthy about oh, that. No, this is scary. Actually, I'm going to have to move to a different <laughs> site because this is actually from a site called the National Consumers League. Which sounds like one of those organizations that's like uh, you can do Starbucks all the time. The national suck uh, smog out of the air uh, organization <laughs> that works for Shell Oil. We'll see some of the up to four hundred milligrams is the thing. That's, that's basically everywhere. Mayo Clinic said. Uh, how much caffeine should a male have a day? Should, and- not should. Can. Can. Telling you what pushing the, the limit, not should. <laughs> I'm telling you what the question, it's people uh, also ask. It's a people also ask. Okay. okay. It is not part of a, I acknowledge that caffeine is not part of a diet. No, yeah, right. But it's helpful. But then there's like, there's an extreme. It's a lot. And it says up to 400 milligrams. Okay. And knowing me as a person, mm-hmm. right? I am only 150 over that, which is good for me. You're a 150 as a type guy. Yeah, well, I'm just. You live, a, you live a 150 lifestyle. Do you remember when I got prescribed my sleep medicine? And and I I don't know why I never forgot this. It's a really weird thing. So I got prescribed sleep medicine finally, and the doctor said take one or two a night. And I'm over at Brett's. We're, we're getting ready to record the podcast. And I'm like, I'm finally on this uh, sleep medicine. Uh, doctor said I should take one or two every night. So I immediately just started with two. And Brett was like, why wouldn't you start with one? And I'm like, I just, I never. knew one wasn't going to work. I just need the two. <laughs> never been a minimum amount guy. I get it. <laughs> I never do the minimum amount of anything. I'm a fucking, I'm an overdoers club. Right. Is what they call me. Yeah. I so, get it. yeah. ODC, me. Wait, wait. As well. Here's one. Here's a good question, though. Is 1,000 milligrams of caffeine a day too much? Um, I mean, unless you're dead in the ground, no. It, it basically says it's fine. But don't do too much. But they said even a thousand. You're allowed to have. I mean, I do milligrams of all kinds of other stuff every day. So. Yeah, I, I just think that's interesting. Sorry, we cut you off there. Uh, is there you got anything? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Oh yeah, that's no, all good. I I just had one thing to say. Uh, I think I DM'd this to Brett, so you can just ignore it when you read it. Uh, my I was hanging out with my coworker today, and he has a teenage daughter who is gonna go with, like food shopping, and he's like. He's like, no Kellogg's. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, Kellogg boycott. And we kind of broke, broke out like all the information to her. And uh, she's like, oh, that sucks. Like, I, like, all I eat is Kellogg stuff. And I looked at her and I said, you don't have to buy it. So, like, True. I feel like, I don't know. I, I was the guy who called it. Yeah, I was like the guy who called in about the Sabra Hummus uh, boycott and all that shit. Um, and I feel like it might, like, I, I think boycotting is just kind of, it's not that it's difficult, but it's like just a pain in the ass. And it's like, you know, if you, can get, if you can get like hot Kellogg's products uh, off the back of a truck or something, that's still continuing to support the boycott. You're just, you know, consuming the product, but you're not paying for it. You know what I mean? 
I think yeah, it's they just, lose money twice. They don't get the sale and they lose the inventory. Yeah. I got my great grains. Right. It's hard to, it is. Yeah. I will <laughs> say that like it becomes really, really, really hard to the, the, the thing, the time that I think it becomes hard to boycott is when you're talking about these mega conglomerates, but Kellogg's yeah, yeah. is, I, I don't even feel like that's what Kellogg's is. Kellogg's does one very specific thing that you do not need in your life yeah. as far as boycotting goes. <laughs> All they do is like cereals and granola and shit. Yeah, Breakfast I, got, I, I have a lot of those. But you could get the other brand. Do you buy bare naked granola? That's uh, the Kellogg's. I did shit. an inventory of my pantry and I did have a lot of their products. Yeah, but home. you could easily not. Have I can do a lot other stuff, it. but yeah. yes, my my life does though. I think get it's by. hard. I think it's very hard with these conglomerates where it's like fucking if God forbid if we ever had to boycott uh what's that company that is like the really like all the food is all the food in the grocery stores from like three people. Conagra. Conagra, yeah. What, like, I don't even know yeah. if I could boycott Conagra, possibly. <laughs> or when somebody's like, don't have high fructose corn syrup, and I'm like, but everything has high fructose corn syrup in it. I can't help it. So, right. we're all imperfect. But I think the Kellogg's boycott and my uh, burgeoning Starbucks boycott, I think those are relatively easy. I think I cannot do yeah. Starbucks. And the reason I did this is because I'm leading by example. Uh, my daughter loves Starbucks, and I told her what happened, and I said, I will never go there again. And I'm sort of hoping it makes her feel guilty so she doesn't ever go there again. <laughs> it's a great way to parent. What are you going to do, like man? It. I can't I tell like her it. she's not allowed. She'll be 18 next year. You know, you so. can say no goddamn Starbucks in my house. If, if you're going to come in my house, there's no goddamn damn starbucks right yeah all yeah. right well sounds good that's the show thank you for calling uh, no problem guys i appreciate you yeah and we'll talk about the uh various union victories on wednesday yeah there's a lot of them um we just oh, yeah. it's easier to let the callers drive this show especially when we've been recording since five o'clock so yeah uh we're just a little okay we're on jazz drunk. time yeah. yeah we're on jazz time we jazzing it up you know so that is the sh thank you for calling peace bye-bye all y'all <laughs> thanks for listening we'll keep doing the show as you've always you know enjoyed and we're moving upward and onward to 2022 deeper into hell uh we all go together but we're one family of folks that have each other over everything and uh can huddle together and after uh, a nuclear bomb goes off, bye. Well, it's cold outside. The winter is frozen. The fire is cozy and keeping us warm. It's a season for giving us a reason to finally come together all in one. But some have gone to heaven. We'll never forget him. They'll line the walls and stay perfectly
And to be there soon means that I'm with you on Christmas.